Today we get to start a new sermon series in the book of Jonah. Jonah is a bit hard to find. It's a very short book nestled among the minor prophets in the Old Testament territory that we don't tread very often. So uh, if you want, you can grab the Bible there in front of you in the pew and you can find Jonah on page 1436. Page 1436. While you're looking it up, I'll say a few things about the last sermon series on worship. And if you haven't seen all of those, I encourage you to go back and check those out. Last Sunday's sermon from Sam on work as worship resonated so strongly that we want to come back to that and do a, um, a mini-series that will flesh out that idea a little more. If you didn't see Bruce's sermon, you'll see the mother of all visual aids, which will make an impact on your life. And I'm thankful for some of the things Dr. Brass shared with us, just thinking about the different elements of worship and things that we don't want to lose. And even as I in no way want to take away from how we do communion, I was challenged to think about how even the bread and cup could play more of a role in our times of worship. So lots of things to think about and be challenged by in the series on worship. We chose the book of Jonah because we think it has something to do with the third part of our vision statement there. WL is family, worship Jesus, love each other, reach our world. Uh, we want to be a growing family of believers who relentlessly reach out and serve our world with the gospel of grace. And so we, we believe the Spirit wants to teach us a few things from the book of Jonah. Have I given you enough time to find it? All right. Let's read the first 16 verses. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. All the sailors were afraid, and each cried out to his own God, and they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. But Jonah had gone below deck, where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. The captain went to him and said, How can you sleep? Get up! Call on your God. Maybe he will take notice of us, and we will not perish then the sailors said to each other, Come, let us cast lots to find out who is responsible for this calamity. They cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. So they asked him, Tell us who is responsible for making all this trouble for us. What do you do? Where do you come from? What is your country? From what people are you? He answered, I am a Hebrew, and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the land. This terrified them. And they asked, what have you done? They knew he was running away from the Lord because he had already told them so. The sea was getting rougher and rougher. So they asked him, what should we do to you to make the sea calm down for us? Pick me up and throw me into the sea, he replied, and it will become calm. I know that it is my fault that this great storm has come upon you. Instead, the men did their best to row back to land, but they could not, for the sea grew even wilder than before. If you're feeling a little seasick, then you're following the text well. 
Then they cried to the Lord, O Lord, please do not let us die for taking this man's life. Do not hold us accountable for killing an innocent man. For you, O Lord, have done as you pleased. Then they took Jonah and threw him overboard, and the raging sea grew calm. At this the men greatly feared the Lord, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to him. Did you notice how many questions there are in that passage? There are at least eight questions. And so your outline for today is made up of questions. We're going to ask a few questions and answer them kind of to prepare us for this story. So the first one, obviously, is who is Jonah? Who is Jonah? We read in verse 1, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Well, that's not much to go on, is it? Thanks a lot. Fortunately, Jonah isn't the only place in the Bible that we read about the prophet Jonah. We have a bit about him in 2 Kings, and this is what it says. Jeroboam, son of Jehoash, king of Israel, became king in Samaria, and he reigned 41 years. He did evil in the eyes of the Lord and did not turn away from any of the sins of Jeroboam, son of Nebat, which he had caused Israel to commit. He was the one who restored the boundaries of Israel from Labo Hamat to the Dead Sea, in accordance with the word of the Lord, the God of Israel, spoken through his servant, Jonah, son of Amittai, the prophet from Gath-Hefer. So, we know from that that Jonah was a prophet of the Lord, a servant of the Lord, and he was sent to the northern kingdom of Israel, and he prophesied under the reign of Jeroboam II, who was a very bad king, like all the kings of the northern kingdom were. They were all evil, wicked, and led the people astray from God. What's interesting here is that Jonah actually prophesies a positive message to this wicked king. And this Jeroboam II, who doesn't deserve anything from God, actually uh, receives the ability to expand the borders of the northern kingdom to their original uh, places under King David and King Solomon. And of course, that seems like God's grace because this was a wicked king and, and here God does good for him. Uh, evidently, Jonah didn't mind receiving God's grace and talking about God's grace to his own people. So that's Jonah, Jonah the prophet to the northern kingdom to the wicked king Jeroboam. Second question, why did God command Jonah to warn Nineveh of judgment? We read in verse 2, Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. Now, as we answer this question, we're going to get more into why this book was written. What's the purpose of the book? Why do we have this book in the Bible? And of course, the really straightforward, obvious answer to this question is because they deserved it. Nineveh deserved judgment. They deserved punishment. They were a wicked, violent, proud, godless kind of place. In fact, they, uh, Nineveh, which uh, was located about 500 miles northeast of Jerusalem, had been known for a very, very long time for its military power and its violence, its brutality, its ruthlessness. The city was actually established not long after the flood and eventually became the capital of the empire of Assyria. But it created fear and terror and hate and resentment 